Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at MyBookie. We have week 12. Week 12 is in the books, and I am joined. You know, I, I do blame my good friend Daniel because uh, he did say, as always, we could say as always because we've had a long streak. Yeah, of course he says that last week, and then this week his voice is literally dead. RIP Dan's voice. It may never come back. Just kidding. It'll be back next week. But yeah, Dan is not, is not feeling well. His voice is gone. So uh, insert my good friend John Bosch to insert his voice into the program. How's it going, John? I am doing all right, Nathan. Thanks for having me. I know I can't fill Dan's shoes, but, you know, I'll do what I can. So I appreciate you having me. Well, yeah, because Dan wears like a size six shoe. So <laughs> there you go. I'm sure your feet are bigger than that. So before we before we get into today's show, I want you guys to know you can become part of the Rotoviz Nation, Rotoviz fans, by being a Rotoviz patron. You can be a Rotoviz patron, rolling into the fantasy playoffs, getting exclusive access to our Rotoviz Radio Slack, where you can ask questions and gain leading and advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Get ready for the playoffs. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today. Join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part to help grow the network and grow the podcast network all the great stuff patreon.com slash rotoviz radio speaking of exclusives as a little po- podcast listener you can get 10 percent off a rotoviz nfl pass right now it's available through the nfl podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast get ready for that playoff push and limited access to all of our nfl content content and tools so you get amazing value and support the podcast network once again that's rotoviz.com slash podcast patreon.com slash rotoviz radio all right, so as always with our in-season shows, I'm going to be covering all the news of the week. But before we get into that, John, pretty much whenever we have you on, we, we have some sort of commish talk uh, <laughs> going on. So I figured because the playoffs are upon us, are, are inching uh, closer and closer, that we should get some commissioner playoff talk. And we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite playoff rules and playoff formats. Uh, I, I will start us off because I do have one that I pretty much have implemented across my leagues. My favorite playoff rule is no playoff matchups. Throughout the leagues that I commish, there, there's no matchups. There's no three six seed playing the six seed. And then in like week, uh, the second week of the playoffs, there's no one seed playing the six seed. It is just the top half scorers advance each week. Some may say that, okay, well, that takes away the advantage of being the three seed versus the four seed. You know, I, I don't think that being the three through the six seed, you know, I, I don't think being the six seed makes you less likely to score more in week 15 than it does if you're the four seed. So I think that difference is negligible. And yes, you you do want to still reward, you know, the regular season, which that's what the buys are for. But I, I think that the, the biggest thing is that it takes out the playoff luck. You, like you, you don't want to have, you know, the the third best score of the week, and or you don't you don't want to have the second best score of the week and not advance in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I like that rule. That was actually one of the ones I had noted to bring up when I saw this question. I like the way that Scott does it. That's the first time I've been exposed to that, and it does suck when you don't get a buy. But if you've been good enough to get a buy, you're probably going to advance through. I am starting a league next year with a 16-team base, so, you know, assume it's a regular 16-team league, where my plan is, if it's, it's hopefully a three-copy league, uh, we'll see how that works out. But my plan is to advance, like, three people automatically to week 15. The playoffs will still start in week 14, and it'll end up being, like, nine people, and then three of those advance. So it won't be head-to-head in week 14, 
but like there will still be some advantage to winning your division because this one will have divisions and stuff. So I, I, I like having that bye week. <laughs> that does that does give you something to play for. The way Scott does it, though, when you get money basically just for making the playoffs, like, OK, that's good. That's a good enough little bonus, too. My favorite rule, and it actually couldn't happen if you didn't have matchups. I do. Uh, I basically let my leagues call out their opponent. If you earn the three seed, the one in the two seed, get a buy for in week 14. If you earn the three seed, you get to pick your opponent out of the four, five, or six seeds. You choose it. So that can be a double-edged sword because if you choose it and you're wrong, that's hard to live down. But uh, that gives you the advantage of not just having to like face that team that all of a sudden got hot and is on a streak and sneaks in is the sixth seed. If that four seed has been floundering and you know all of a sudden they got a bunch of injuries, why shouldn't you get the benefit? You finished better than anybody else that's playing in week 14. So I think you should get a choose. So that's my that's my favorite rule is we, we kind of make a big deal about it. You know, everybody gets to call out people. It's fun. Yeah, I do think that if you are a guy who only plays in two or three leagues, I think that is a very fun way of going about uh, playing. And, you know, obviously it doesn't eliminate the luck quite like, you know, not having playoff matchups, but it does involve some like camaraderie and some mm-hmm. you know trash talk. And I do think it's definitely a fun element of fantasy football. And I'll, I'll close out the segment on my end with my rule that I, I recently implemented last year in a couple of my leagues. And that is, I know a lot of people do two-week championships, and I don't love those because I, I do feel like you're kind of just, it's, it's more of a waiting game. But what I have been doing is, so the game before the championship is week 15, and then for the, the, the teams that win, their scores carry over to week 16. So if one team scored 110, one team scored 100, then basically the, the, the team that scored more in week 15 has a 10-point lead entering the championship game. So it's a way of making it a two-week championship, but also not ha- having to start the playoffs too early. Yeah, I, I like that kind of stuff too. I think Ryan does something like that where you get your league average or something. Maybe it wasn't him. Somebody, I know I saw Lee. Ryan has something that gives the advantage to bi-week teams where basically the the bi-week teams start their lineup on the bye. And then in the next week, if they have a, if they had a higher score in the first week of the playoffs, they get that score instead of their score in their, the second week, which is their first week of the playoffs. That's right. I, I mean, I like, I like giving a reward to the regular season. I don't want the regular season to ever lose the importance. So as long as you're getting the best teams in the playoffs, those that were overall the best, like there's so many ways to do it. So many fun ways. Um, we, we should mention just in case anybody's out there and isn't doing it. Don't just use winning, winning percentage for your playoff spots. Like that, maybe we didn't mention that because like that should just be understood at this point, but at least one spot, probably more should be for more than winning percentage. Use points. Use all play. Use victory points. If you're Nathan, I understand that takes everything away, but uh, don't no, ever that, that, use that's just potential points. Oh, I thought you were a victory points person. I, no, I do like victory points. Okay. I, I thought you were trolling me with the potential. <laughs> no, points. no, 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 no. I'm trolling you for victory points, which I like <laughs> those too. Those are also more fair than just win, winning percentage is just not fair to use the entire way through. You see, yeah, too many and, teams and and that that oh, once again it lends itself more to low volume league guy, guy who really is only focused on, on one team, that type of thing. 
All right, so those are uh, John and I's favorite playoff rules. I'm sure we'll dive into more of that in the offseason if John comes on. But let's get on to the Week 12 news, Week 12 action. Uh, the Browns' offense is heating up. Uh, Baker Mayfield was QB4 in the week. Jarvis Landry was wide receiver 2. Chubb, RB4. Kareem Hunt, RB14. So uh, the, the big fours they had, I know Beckham got a touchdown as well. So of this bunch, is there any that are obvious buys, any that are obvious sells at this point? What are your thoughts on the Browns as they – are you know going from disappointment to living up to expectation? I don't really want to buy any of them right now. I think I was I was really all set to try and buy Baker uh, like two weeks ago. Was it? He was doing terrible, and they had I think it was a Thursday night game. Like it's I was probably prepped. the probably the Patriots game that might have been. I was I was yeah. prepped. I was ready. No, I think it might have been the game, but whatever game it was, he, he was in a yeah. prime time spot, and I was like, oh yes, if he does terrible. I am going out and buying all of the Baker, but he did okay. And then, you know, this week he did very well. So there's definitely no window to buy him at a discount. I don't really pay up for quarterbacks anymore. So he's off my list. Landry, I have never been a fan. I actually started buying this off season. It's the first time I've ever bought Landry because this price became palatable to me. I think his price is now way out of my league for what it's, it's gone straight back to what everybody wanted like a year ago. So I'm definitely not buying Landry. Uh, Chubb, I don't think you're going to get a discount, even though, you know, Hunt is coming on. I think Hunt is the one that I might try and purchase if I was going to go after any Browns. And Joku is probably the one I'm going to go for. Uh, if I can still sneak a deal in before he gets on the field, that's the one that I that's the piece of the offense I think might be the cheapest to get. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly the only one that can be had at any sort of discount right now. But I, I've been very encouraged with what I've seen from Kareem Hunt. Uh, I know there were some people saying, oh, it was just the Chiefs. I mean, not just the Chiefs offense, but a majority of his production was the Chiefs offense. And how good is he going to be in a different offense? Well, once again, he's in another good offense. So th- that, There's that lots kind of, of offenses out there that can help players. <laughs> yeah, yes, of course. And Obviously, he's going to be a restricted free agent in the offseason, so it kind of depends on what happens there. I don't think they're going to end up paying, you know, top 10, top 15 RB money to two two running backs, and I think that they do value Chubb as the number one running back in that offense. So I do think that this uh, this season is probably his last, and if not, like his second to last in Cleveland. So I I think that Hunt is going to be a back to being like a top 10 running back uh, once he, he leaves Cleveland. So if you can buy him for cheaper than, you know, low end RB one type price, I think hunt is the one to buy of the ones that's currently performing. I offered David Johnson for him straight up everywhere. And I got rejected. I got, I, I got one. I got one yep. of those offers. <laughs> yes, I know you did. You were like, Nope, not a chance. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't yeah. get rid of David Johnson. Yeah. I mean, the one I thought about you did offer for Michelle, uh, but you know, I, I just couldn't pull the trigger because I'm still a little bit gun shy on David Johnson right now. Yeah, I should have had Dan talk to you. He pro- well, I don't know. He's out on both of them, but he's been out on Michelle forever. So yes, maybe I can get yeah. Dan to sell sell you on taking DJ over Sony. There we go. All right, let's move on to another offense that has been playing uh, very well lately, especially this past week. Ryan Tannehill. He had uh, 18 plus in every week as a starter in a, you know traditional scoring leagues. Derrick Henry, 87.5 PBR points in the last three weeks. And A.J. Brown had 135 receiving yards and a touchdown uh, this past week. What are your thoughts on the Titans offense right now? All right, so I came into the season, obviously, with heavy Mariota because I am a bad quarterback 
buyer. Um, <laughs> so that didn't go out go, go so well. I do have some Tannehill. Uh, as for the Titans, I mean, God, all I can see happening is they're going to sign Tannehill, and then it's not going to be what they think. And he's going to be uh, – granted, he's been great. I like I can't – I'm not going to take that away from him. He's no Lamar Jackson, but as we saw from JJ's tweet, he's right there with him since he started taking over, like, which is insane. This is, this is absurd from the Titans offense. I can't get on board that he is going to be a premier quarterback one. I will use every Tannehill that I have for the rest of the year. And then I hope to sell everything. I think he goes back to being, you know, he'll be an okay quarterback. I, I don't have any expectations of the Titans having an explosive offense ever. Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah. Those were very nice back-to-back touchdowns. And he actually did have a really good game. He's, he's growing on me a little bit more than what he ever has in the past. All I've ever seen from him in the past is not a lot of productivity until, you know, the end of the year when your team's already out, like that's kind of been his pattern, but Maybe maybe he is going to finally turn the corner. So he's growing on me a little bit. I might I might invest a little bit more in Derrick Henry at this point. Yeah, and he is a free agent at the end of the season, but I don't see the Tennessee Titans letting him go. I, I think yeah. that they'll they'll end up giving him the long term deal. The guy who I think is more of a question mark is whether Tannehill is going to get the long term deal. I, I think that this is the case for probably like seven or eight quarterbacks right now. But I think Tannehill is going to end up being the mentor to the young quarterback that gets taken in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. I don't see him as a guy that you enter the season being like, okay, this guy is our quarterback and we don't have a plan after him. There's going to be a plan after Tannehill, whether he stays in Tennessee or whether he goes elsewhere. So if you can you, get, and what do you think, what kind of deal do you think he signs? I mean, like they have to offer him a contract. I, they can't, I, they can't I, let him I think go. like a, a Teddy Bridgewater, like one year, like $15 million deal. I don't think he takes a one year, 15. I think he's going to be looking for. Don't you think he's going to be offered by other teams at this point, like I two to three I, years? Because well, if you're if you're going to pay two to three, then it'll probably be like it'll be more in like the ten million dollar range because no one's going to pay him to be a starter for two to three years. I don't think. No, but they might. But they're going to have to offer that kind of a contract to get him for one. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he could get just a one-year deal that would be even more than fifteen. Like, hey, we'll just pay you a bunch up front. Just be here for one. You know, it's going to be interesting because he certainly has increased his value significantly. Yes, for sure. And also, you know, Corey Davis has been a disappointment pretty much oh. this entire season. But AJ Brown had had a big game with the one thirty-five and a touchdown. Do you fear Tannehill hurting his value long term if they do end up signing him? Hurting AJ Brown? Brown? Yeah, no, Corey Davis is dead. Nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna hurt him. No, I think they have a connection. Uh, I mean, they've looked they've looked good. I think AJ Brown's looked actually. Wow, I think AJ Brown has looked better, you know, since Tannehill took over. So I think yeah. that'd be a positive for him. Well, yeah, I mean, Mariota was pretty much trash his entire oh, the entire season. So uh, bad. But yeah, with, with Brown, I think that I, I, I think his current outlook is like okay, he'll be even better once he develops the wide receiver and once he gets a better quarterback. And you know, this has been the year of the breakout second-year wide receiver with DJ Chark and Michael Gallup and all those guys. And basically, what, what we're seeing from AJ Brown right now is just bonus points. You know, at this point, we're not really expecting much from second 
second uh, second round wide receivers in their first year in the NFL. It's more into the second and third year. They're like, okay, where's this uh, production? So I, I've been Im- impressed with the flashes from A.J. Brown. But as a A.J. Brown enthusiast, I am hoping for a non-Ryan Tannehill quarterback in 2020. I'm okay with Tannehill if he stays there. I think he, I think A.J. Brown will be fine. I think he can be just fine with Tannehill. And honestly, like a really good quarterback might start looking at other options uh, instead of being so focused on A.J. Brown. So I kind of like that part of Tannehill. He doesn't seem to really progress too off, you know, through too many reads. It's kind of like A.J. Brown zeroes in, seems like. Now, while Ryan Tannehill is zeroed in on A.J. Brown, I am zeroed in on our friends over at my bookie for this week only. My bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congrats to you as well. My bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy on those mashed potatoes. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit uh, waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting a sports bet but have lots of, of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have the one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. That's that $250 bet on the Bears-Lions game. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ROTOVIZ. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit and a risk-free bet for this, for this week only, Thanksgiving Day, Turkey Day. So you're, if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose, unless you're listening to my fantasy advice. All right, let's move on to one of my, my former lovers, who I, I still love, but I'm getting scared of, Rashad Penny. He had a huge game. He had the, the big, long run. I think it was like 60, 70-yard run as well as just 121 yards and a touchdown for Rashad Penny. This is the first time in Penny's career where he had like a better game than, than Chris Carson. And then Pete Carroll admitted it like, yeah, I guess we kind of have a, a committee now. And Penny did get the, the fourth quarter carries in a close game. So uh, are you optimistic with, with Penny moving forward or do you think this is a sell opportunity? Oh, if I had any, I'd sell, you know what I'm really thankful for, Nathan. I don't participate in the Seahawks backfield. <laughs> like uh, that's just, I mean, that's, that's a mess that I have really just, I don't mess. I don't, I don't, I stay, I stay as far away as possible. I don't trust anything from their backfield. So at this point I don't have any Carson. I don't have any, I don't have any penny like, and I'm okay with that. If I had penny right now, I mean, you've probably invested a fair amount in him. If it's me, I would just want to get that back and move on because I don't I don't really trust it. I, I know those people that have him probably really like him. And this is what they've been waiting forever for. But sometimes when you wait that long and you get that chance to just break even, like sometimes that's the right move. And to me, that's kind of what Rashad Penny feels like. But again, yeah. I'm not a Rashad Penny person, so it's easy for me to say that. Yeah, I mean, even with the the big week, I don't think you can get back what you paid, which which what you paid was an early to mid first, and I think the absolute best case scenario is getting a late first at this stage. Uh, I I don't think unless I'm like a rebuilder who has no interest in production right now, I would take a late first for Penny right now, because you know we've seen he can 
be a good running back. He played really well this past week. It's just, uh, you know, you have to see that week in and week out and not just twice in a season so far. So I, I do think that if you can get Penny for an early second, I, I, I'm willing to pay up. And like, if you told me early second this time last week, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But, you know, this time this week, I'm, I'm starting to think, hey, maybe Pete Carroll actually might be giving it to their better, better running back. So would you, would you cash out? At, I mean, that's a loss. If you're the Rashad Penny owner, are you cashing out and taking that loss and just saying, all right, I'll take the I'll take the early second and move on? Are you no, no, no. I'm, I'm holding out and thinking oh, I'll eventually get that first value back. No, no. I if I'm a seller, I, I would wouldn't sell for less than a late first. Uh, and if I'm a buyer, I wouldn't buy for more than the early second. Yeah, I don't think he moves anywhere because of that's I, I think that's how everybody that has him will feel. And I, yeah. I just don't think he's a player that'll move much. Yep. Now, another player who I, I don't think, honestly, I haven't seen too many trades with over the years, especially as he hasn't really been doing much, is Devontae Parker, uh, Miami Dolphins wide receiver. Obviously, he didn't have much expectations entering the season with the Dolphins being so bad and his career being such a disappointment to this point. But he's wide receiver 23 on the season, uh, and he's played very well, uh, you know, has been pretty consistent week to week. Now, how much of this is a late career breakout and how much of it is there's no other options in Miami and they have to be pass heavy and everything is lining up to him get the necessary volume? And how much of it is they have zero running game and they also have a quarterback who just doesn't care. I mean, like, there's a reason that Fitzpatrick is fun. Like, he's got nothing to lose. I, I'm sorry to keep being a pessimist. I don't think Devontae Parker is going to continue at what he's doing now in the future because I think Miami's situation, it's going to change. Fitzpatrick's not going to be there next year, right? Like, there's no chance. So they're going to have somebody different, probably somebody young, and they're going to be resetting the deck again in Miami. Maybe Devontae Parker is the piece that they will want to try and build their offense around. It sure as hell ain't going to be Kalen Balazs. What, so about, guess, what, about, what about our boy Patty Laird? <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna. The Laird's day ended pretty quickly. Uh, he got like an inside the five target. He, he screwed it up. I could have been. No, so my, my favorite part about that, I know some people might not understand this, but uh, uh, Frisco Josh and Pete Overset, they had their their head to head, and Pete won by like 1.2 points. So without Pat Laird's two points, he would have lost. He would have lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. Was it was fun. And I mean, hell, I added him on Dynasty teams because, like, he's got Caleb Blanche in front of him. <laughs> like, this is this is what you dream of, a running back off the waiver wire that has Kalen Balage in front of him. Like, that's terrible. But then we also have to, we should just remember, oh, this is Miami. They never used anybody right. <laughs> so they're clearly not going to get the running backs right. So I, I, if I'm a Devonte Parker owner and I am in a couple of places because he got super cheap. So I was like, sure, I'll just throw him on some rosters. Uh, I will definitely be shopping him in the off season. Again, same thing I'm going to do with Tannehill. I'm going to do with Fitzpatrick and Devonte Parker. I am going to play them in my playoffs because I think they're going to score me plenty of points. And then I'm going to cash the hell out as fast as possible. Would you, would you take two twelve for him in January? I might ask for like a third on top of it, but ultimately I probably would. I mean, I would really want like a mid second. I think mm -hmm. that's a fair price. If, if 212 is the best I can get, yeah, because 
I didn't pay anything for him. And I know that I, I'm, I am somebody that who, you know, the investment cost is worthless as soon as you pay it. But still, in the back of my head, like, I'm just getting the 212 for free. I would ask for a third on top of it because I think that's fair. Yeah, or if you didn't want to go that route, you could also do, like, something like Parker and the 210 for, like, the 202 or, or something along those lines. Yeah, and that's, where, more, that's probably more the move I would try and do. Yeah. Use him, to, use him to chip up a little bit higher. That's the perfect move for a player like him. All right, let, let's close out on a topic that I wanted to talk about last week, but our good friend Dan Sanyo said he doesn't matter. He stinks. <laughs> he doesn't matter. He stinks. But just after Dan said that, one day later, he signed a contract extension. And then in the, the the next game that he played, he scored a touchdown once again. He has scored 10-plus PPR points in five of his last seven games. His name is Ryan Griffin, 30-year-old tight end for the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, the Dynasty community was sitting on pins and needles waiting for the Chris Herndon miraculous, uh, you know, breakout that didn't happen. And we've seen a mini breakout from Ryan Griffin. Does Ryan Griffin have any dynasty value or do you think he's just a week to week seasonal play? Well, he's a tight end that is involved in an offense. So yes, he has dynasty value. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Griffin right now. When Austin Hooper got hurt, who I was relying on heavily, I immediately went to waiver wires and Ryan Griffin was there in several leagues. So I added him and it's been a smooth transition. So I, I'm a, I'm a big, big Ryan Griffin fan right now. I think he's got value. I mean, he's probably going to end up finishing as a tight end one. I'm going to guess this year. I haven't looked at where he's ranking right now, but like just stat wise, he's certainly in points per game. I think he missed three or four games. So even, even even with missing three or four games, I bet he's not going to be far outside of it. That's how ugly tight end is. So, yes, any tight end that is putting up any type of points has dynasty value. I mean, yeah, he's 30, but big deal. Tight ends, he's got at least a few years left. You're not going to have to invest much to get him. You know, I would probably pay a third to go get him in some leagues where I'm super tight end needy. Like, why not? What, what else am I going to get with that third? At least I'm getting production now out of a guy. Yeah, he, he is the perfect example of – it depends on who picked him up. If, if a team picked him up and is competing right now, they probably like, no, I'm, I'm riding this wave. I'm taking these 10 points per game and, and, and starting him at the tight end position, especially when finding 10 points per game at that tight end is not easy to find. But if it was the rebuilder who picked him up, you can probably get him off the rebuilder for that third-round pick. And I think that's fair value. I certainly – I don't think I'd pay a second for him just because, you know, obviously deep draft class, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I, I do think that he's a nice play for now, but also he is the type of player that after week 16, his value is going to bottom out and the people are going to forget that he ever existed. So if you can afford, if you like him semi long-term and can afford to wait until after the season, you can get him for free in January. You're just paying a small price in, in November. He is one guy that you're you're right. People might just send him right back to the waiver wire when the, those cuts have to be made. If he does, I'll probably add him if I have room on teams. Like I'll take him for free, and I I don't know that Chris Herndon's going to pan out the way we were all hoping he was. Maybe he just ends up being blocked by Ryan Griffin, or maybe the Jets can manage to run two tight ends and feed them both. You know, it's not like they have a Great amount of weapons. Robbie Anderson, he's fine from time to time. Jamison Crowder catches a lot of passes, but there's it seems like they could uh, seems like they could probably spread that around a little bit. I don't think Herndon will be 
I don't think he'll be a zero next year. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll wrap up the show with one thing. Uh, you know, pretty much I give my uh, Sam Darnold sanity check every week where it's uh, whether he had a terrible game or a great game and, and basically where I'm at on him. And then Dan tells me you're an idiot. He's not even an NFL starting quarterback. You should, you know, quit playing fantasy. So uh, since I don't have that th- this week, Bosh, where are you at with Darnold right now? Yeah, I, I like Darnold. I will put him on rosters. Uh, he's a, an affordable quarterback, and I think the kind of career that I could get out of him, you know, will be a probably a quarterback two for most of his career. He might have weeks where he pops into that quarterback one, but if I'm playing super flex, I have to start a quarterback two. I am not. I invest in the other positions, and then I'm just happy to have two starting quarterbacks. He is above replacement level. And he's young. The Jets aren't going away from him. He's got a secure job, which to me, that's important when I'm just going to invest in a quarterback just to have him play. I want him to be a solid quarterback for the next two to three years. You know, I would love to get a 10 year guy, but I don't even try for that anymore. That's just ridiculously overpriced and super flex. Yes. And and the thing with Darnold, yes, we've seen the, the low side of him being a borderline XFL player, but we've also <laughs> seen the upside of he scored his team has scored 34 points in each of the last three weeks. So, uh, you know, hopefully next season when he maybe gets a weapon or two, his kind of play kind of even out instead of having a bunch of bad games, a bunch of good games, maybe he ends up having a bunch of, you know, high end QB two, low end QB one games. So that's my thoughts on Darnold right now. Uh, John, thank you so much for hopping on the program. Uh, always good to, to talk commission stuff with you and uh, of course uh, players as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Nathan. I appreciate it. And be sure to listen to Dynasty Game Night with John Bosch and Matt Price. And what's your other podcast, John? So right now I have two more going on. Uh, Dynasty Wall Street, that's on the Dynasty Trade Calculator feed. And then in-season, and then I'll probably do it off-season when there's little bits of news. Uh, Right now I'm doing Dynasty Panic Room, where every week I go after a player. And I make real trades uh, in leagues because I'm in so many of them. So it's not just a, you know, oh, I think I would pay this for a guy like I legitimately make these offers and I base them off of a Twitter poll that I send out once a week. Uh, For example, this week it's on Carson Wentz because he's looked pretty bad the last couple of weeks. So I kind of want to go see what I can buy him for. Yes, and I do think that's another guy who had some people in Philly might disagree, but he's another quarterback who has some long term job security. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Exactly. Oh, and actually the Philly, the people that I know are Philly fans in the dynasty leagues that I'm getting ready to send offers in. I'm not even going to send them an offer. Like (laughs) that's not even worth it. Shane Manila, not getting an offer. Sorry, Shane. Like there's no chance of getting them from you. I know that. All righty. That'll wrap us up. Make sure to leave a rating and review. Follow us on Twitter at Dino Tradecast. Follow John Bosch at John Bosch FF, no longer Empire FFL. And myself at NPowell FF. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.